I mean, we could talk a little bit about, I don't know, do you, do you want to muse on the Hannah TV show at all? There's a Hannah TV show? It's going to be an Amazon TV show? Why? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> okay. I mean, is there any reason I should be excited for it? No, I'm just... <laughs> I don't know why... It's like um, the movie, but longer. I don't know why seven years later there's a um, there's a TV show, but there's a TV show. <laughs> so you haven't heard the casting about it then? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Is there some like interesting casting? Like, is your girl Willa in it or something? No, no. I was just saying. I mean, do we want to talk about what we could see for the show or anything? Or like a Hannah TV show? Yeah, I mean, just because there is going to be one. I guess we can talk about that after we discuss the movie. Um, Should we introduce ourselves? Sure thing. Hello and welcome to Hitkinen. I'm Benjamin Light, but you may call me Mrs. Gray. Yeah, I'm Marco Sparks. I forgot. Oh, okay. What? Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> Smooth. Uh, anyway. Just trying to do a little shout out and you're just like clunk. Yeah, well, I'm I'm barely here. Hi. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? Uh, I just poured myself a little whiskey. A little whiskey. So I apologize. Like you're going to hear ice. No, there's a little ice. That's kind of my thing. But you got a, you got a plastic cup, it sounds like. I do. Hmm. That's not my thing. No, I just grabbed the first one I saw. Would you rather I stopped everything and got a like a glass? I mean, yes. But if you don't want to, that's fine. Did uh, we ever fix the thing from the the bros where <laughs> the inadvertent ten minute bathroom break? Yes, that never happened. Okay. It's uh, it's just lore. It's Somehow- uh, it's a made up tale. Somehow people keep downloading that one. I don't know how because I deleted it. Um, mm. But yeah, every like when I look at the the stats, I'll see it like because there's like two versions of it, and, and the other one gets like one download a week, and it's like how is that happening? It's just just being bootlegged by the by the true listeners. That was just our, our full Andy Kaufman moment there, you know? Yeah, <laughs> definitely intentional. <laughs> Oh gosh, we were so drunk at the end of that. I assume anyone who listens to this podcast has listened to our main podcast, Bros Watch PLL Two. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, we've talked about PLL enough on Head Cannon. I, we might have a few who are like, "What's PLL?" I don't know. Um, oh, I would love it if know, they were just in general. What is PLL? Uh-huh. Sit down. Uh, <laughs> You know, they're about to shoot that pilot. It looks like they did a script read through today. Which is it kind of like the thing? Do you remember when they when they like didn't cast Yvonne yet? And so they had like Lucy Hale read Yvonne's parts, and of course everyone was like, Oh shit, Ari has a twin sister. Like have they cast? <laughs> the it seems like the titular perfection. Is it Sophia Carson, the one who yeah. they like she I guess did like a little she did a shusher thing, which I, I'm not sure how I feel about somebody else doing the shisher yeah well, move but uh yeah it's seemingly she's like the only other cast member right now or i don't know like maybe 
maybe in the way they reworked it, she's like the main character and everyone else is like background. I have no idea. I don't know how that show is going to work, but I guess my two big, well, not two questions, two things I want to point out. And this is like, it's not spoilers it's been posted on Instagram. So obviously like they brought in Charlie Craig to mm-hmm. like rewrite the pilot, maybe co show run. Um, I guess get, my question is a lot of the uh, credits on the script. It's uh, it's packed. A revisions credit. I th- I found that was strange, but sure. Yeah, um, I feel like that's uh, it's like WGA special talk. Um, sure. Like, are they gonna like just try to work in like the concept of A? I got about halfway through the book. Um, I don't think you can have an A on it. That like Mona's A. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Oh, spoilers for for our one listener who doesn't know who PLL is. Oh god damn it! I was just gonna go watch this show. Um, shit. I don't know. Like you know, I want to let the past die. I want to kill it if I have to. But I, I, I will admit, I'm, I'm very curious about what's happening in Oregon. It's time to let old things die. Can you just do the whole podcast that way? I need to get some sort of like filter for my voice or something. Yeah, I actually spent like an hour once, like in the middle of the night trying to find like the right combination of plugins to make myself sound like Kylo Ren. It's not entirely okay. successful. <laughs> I I would have thought you would have had more drive to like succeed in that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the, you owe it to the Benji stands. Like what is even if you, if, if I got it right, I could put it on both of our voices and we'd probably just sound exactly the same. And it'd be really confusing. Yeah. Oh, but like when you aim for the stars and you miss, don't you just fall into like a like a sweet little Bane voice? Mm, I don't know. Bane's a little bit different, you know. He's he's like a little higher register. Of course. Mm. Oh, can we talk about first of all how bad that Venom teaser is? But also, <laughs> first of all, how much do we not want to talk about Hannah? Apparently. Well, I I sense that you probably don't like it as much. Um, I thought it was fine, but but Venom, yeah, looks like trash. But is that voice supposed to be a joke? I don't, I don't know. That voiceover is. I'm sorry. Is that not like ludicrous? Like, does that make you want to laugh every time? It looks time like you a fake trailer. Broken? Well, because he's just like people say you get it, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Like New York tough voice you're doing? Mm-hmm. He's trying something new. Oh shit! It's, it doesn't I, look I, like a real movie. It it looks like. This is some sort of bizarre tax write-off or something. I don't. I don't know. It's strange. Does it have Tom Holland in it? No. Okay. No. It's it's like not apparently connected at all. I don't, Sony doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, I want to get this clear for this, for this episode. I know I've just I've just let the beast into the room. Uh-huh. There's Tom Holland and there's Tom Hollander. Tom Hollander is in Hannah as someone. I wasn't yes. sure exactly who his character was. I don't know. There's like four characters in this movie. He's like a German fun boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess fuck you up. I guess we should talk about Hannah. Yeah, Hannah, let's go for it. The 2011 film directed by Joe Wright, who I think I liked Atonement. And looking at his other credits, I'd say I liked Atonement. Did you ever see Darkest Hour? Oh. Oh, he did that. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. see that. Uh, nah, it's okay. it's fine. That that is not an Oscar worthy picture. Is my theory that Gary Oldman's good, but the rest of the movie's blah accurate? It's it's just it's just a bunch of like 
English jerking off, basically. Mm. It, it, I don't know. It's like this could have been like a BBC production or something. I mean, I could go watch Darkest Hour. Or I could just, I guess, go watch Dunkirk again. I, I find both those movies highly overrated. Mm, I'd agree with Dunkirk being overrated. I mean, they're fine. They're not bad movies. You enjoy yourself while you're watching it, but it's Oscar worthy. I feel like it's just because it like takes place during World War II and there's like accents involved. People are like, oh, this is an Oscar winning movie. No, it's not. I, I, I think we can rule out Dunkirk winning the Oscar. And now it's like the front runner. That blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, again, not a bad movie. Or should we do good. our should we do our Oscar picks at the end? Sure, I'll have to go remind myself of what's nominated. <laughs> Let me make a note of that with my clicky clacky keyboard. Please, please, yes. It sounds like you're like a typewriter going. Oh yeah. All right, Hannah. Um, I guess I should do my opening statement. I had never seen this movie before. By the, just out of curiosity, had you seen this movie previously? Yes. You had. Okay. Yes, I hadn't. Uh, I'm not sure what I was expecting. It had a much more kind of like 90s, like Tarantino knockoff vibe than mm. I was anticipating. A lot of like stylized scenes and shots that I'm not sure if they really added up to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was neat to see Lady Bird murder all those Euro trash dudes, but I didn't really feel much of an emotional connection with anything that was happening. Mm-hmm. It was fine. I don't know. Okay. That's it. That's it. Okay, well, succinct, right to the point. Um, I like the first line of Roger Ebert's review. Hannah's the first right thriller about they the just drawbacks like go of read Ebert's review for every uh, opening I, statement. You're right. I I do sometimes. Yeah, I okay. I was kind of curious because I was trying to think of how do you talk about a preteen assassin version of Lady Bird or like Wes Anderson's La Femme Nikita here. Um, the movie, like I said, it's got kind of this crazy. Indie style, like it's like playing with with some some subversion of other styles where it's also it's also steering into a very I hate to use the word style again, I'm sorry, very stylized version of itself. Uh it's very driving. There's almost an artsy grindhouse aspect to it. Like it's it's clearly gimmicky. There's lots of wonders. Um but I do enjoy this movie, but I, I would agree with you. There's not it's not like you really get a sense of who Hannah the character is. You 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 like Saoirse Ronan, and you you I think you like her character. Um, you know, Kate Blanchett's always good as a, as a villain or any role, but yeah, there's not a lot to really sink your teeth into. And I think that's why this kind of movie kind of fell out of a lot of people's memories over the years. I mean, maybe this is perhaps too harsh of a critique, but I'm left with the uh, image in my mind of John Oliver just being like, cool. You know, like that, that was, that was my reaction at the end of the movie. It's like, mm. great. Yeah. Uh, mm. Anyway, uh, do you have any honorable mentions in your top moments? Uh, my honorable mention would be the scene after Hannah's escaped the container park. Um, again, the devil in the details is playing. Um, I also had several of the, I should say real to real quick too. I'm the guy who had several of the songs either as ringtones or like text tones for a while. Mm. I like half Big of the soundtrack. Chemical Brothers fan. I like half of the soundtrack. I like okay. the soundtrack parts that don't sound like Chemical Brothers. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, so there's like this horizontal like sliding shot as we like spread across the family like in their different containers being interrogated. And like you have the goofiness of like the one skinhead is like dancing on top of the containers while like with like fire. And like Tom Holland is like mimicking the percussion of his like 
beating rod or whatever he's got. It just reminded me of a very like campy, like like Wes Anderson kind of riff. Um, I just I just completely forgot like the the movie even went to places like that, and so that's my honorable mention. Okay, um, my number three, and I, I I'll be honest when I was trying to do my top three, I was like, what even happened in this movie? Uh, number three, her hunting the reindeer in the opening. Uh, oh, okay. Visually, the way she's like chasing it down, and whatnot. Um, uh, the kind of overhead shots for in the snow. You never saw the snowman, did you? We've had this no. conversation before. You should go yeah. see it. I just missed your heart. Hello, Mister Police. <laughs> um, that was almost my honorable mention. Just when she when she shoots the uh, the deer and like tracks it and then shoots it out of its misery. That's a tally episode, by the way. What? I just missed your heart. There you go. Um, yeah, I wish you would. Uh, you need to do that, like Merlin Man, in the middle of conversation, just interject with title. I think I need a, a little bell to ring. You need. Yeah, we both need. We need a bell to ring so mm-hmm. the pop knows to come pick up the luggage, the uh, luggage of zingers. What's your number three? That was it. Oh, was it? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so my number three. Yeah, some of these are kind of toss-ups. It's when Lady Mary's pretending to be Marissa Vigler, and uh, like Hannah breaks down crying and hops in her lap, and she's like holding her tight. And it's like for a second, it's like this is overly emotional little girl, and then it's like you slowly get the sense, and and Lady Mary gets the sense that something very bad is going to happen, and then Hannah just like effortlessly like effortlessly like snaps this uh, woman's neck, effortlessly, effortlessly. Yeah, it was nice to see Lady Mary. What was the word that Amy couldn't say? Irrevocably. Irrevocably. Yeah. I have to bleep that and put in peanut instead. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two for me. The uh, kind of one shot take where young Kate Blanchett steals Hannah's mom and like runs mm-hmm. over the car and they're gone. That was cool. I just like I, I feel like I, I probably enjoyed this movie more visually than um, narratively, I guess I would say. It's it's a um especially after atonement which fittingly has that like five minute one take dunkirk scene better um, than the movie dunkirk sorry ouch. um am i wrong I, well it makes more sense than the movie dunkirk for sure um I, I i really feel like yeah this is like joe wright's just like really experimenting you know like getting back into some kind of i don't know fun aspect of things to do with the cameras a lot of beautiful visuals uh, my number two is Hannah hiding in the back of the family's van, like watching them through the people as they dance and sing along like a bunch of fucking goofballs to uh, David Bowie's kooks. Yeah, I'm not sure I totally buy that, the, at least that the the sister would be doing that. She seemed a little too cool for school. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like she's a little girl. She's probably what, like 12 or 13 like Hannah. And so Hannah's there's 16. Prob- is she? Or at least Circe Ronan was when she shot this. I'm not sure how old she's supposed to be. Oh, sorry. Hannah's supposed to be 15, 15. in the movie. Anyway, um, according to Wikipedia, which is always right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I, I kind of like, though, that she, that girl is a little wishy-washy. Like, she loves her family. She's also super embarrassed by her family. I felt like that was very teenage. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the girl from the the end of the fucking world show on Netflix. There's too many goddamn shows on Netflix now. For reals. And they're all kind of the same. And they're all too many of the same. They're all kind of good, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, they're all they're all five episodes too long. Yeah. <laughs> so my number one, you kind of already mentioned this, but when uh, little Hannah whacks Lady Mary there, and just that that sequence, just fun action sequence. Poor Lady Mary. Mm. Uh, my number I, one. If I were her, I would have just been like, right as I sense like something something's up, I'd be like, I'm not actually Marissa. Don't kill me. <laughs> I just. I'll just play dead. I just like well, I like her her ridiculous southern accent, which a preview for whatever that show on TNT is. But like uh, the thing in her ear is just like, should we like come get her or something? It's just like I think that would be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my number one is I knew it was there. I kind of forgot. I, I I guess I enjoyed it. It's not super polished or glamorous, but the Eric Bana Berlin like one take fight where he gets off the the bus. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about when he climbed out of the ocean and there's like this shot of like what looks like some sort of like dick pouch swinging around. I thought you were going to mention that because he got like these translucent white pants on. Is this like your 1A? I mean, sure. I don't know. I just I found okay. that shot bizarre. But yeah, okay. no, his uh, his his own little one or that was good. OK, you like Eric Bonner's dick. Just, why does he have a dick pouch? It's so weird. His whole journey his erotic journey from milan to minsk there is bizarre anyway so if i can continue the uh, subway fight where he's being followed by the operatives and he passes all the graffiti with like eyes watching 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 and he fights all those dudes um i kind of feel like wasn't eric bono one of those names that you never really cared about when they threw him out for contention to be like a bond he's not bond come on no but i don't know i just kind of thought about this guy in like a suit that's a little bit too baggy that he's apparently been wearing for a week mm-hmm. <laughs> fighting these dudes in the subway. Yeah, I, no, he, he's just not Bond. Uh, because of Nature's movie, I don't have like low moments. Um, I don't, I don't know. Nothing like really stood out as being like especially egregious to me. So, um, I, I don't like any. I don't have moments per se, but like the um, the weird like blonde little midget short guy who Kate Blanchett recruits and is like the kind of the dragon villain through the whole thing. I just, I'm not here for him. I don't, I don't get the point of him. Mm. Um, you kind of get the feeling that Olivia Williams and her whole family got murdered off screen. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know what you think they let them go. I doubt it. No. Uh, well, I presume that the whole point of the, uh, the German sex midget is, like because she has to do her whole operation off book. I mean, it's like basically like pseudo whatever the villains in the Bourne movies are doing, right? Yeah, I'm not huge fans of those movies either. Um, yeah, yeah I, I feel like the the night out with the boys in Spain didn't go far enough in whatever direction they were trying to go in. I don't know. It just seemed too inessential. Like I feel like something more or something more interesting should have happened. Hmm. Like it, there's kind of this really, really vague idea that like, you know, Hannah's experiencing things she's never, you know, known about before, you know, and she's like a hormonal teenager. And it's like for a half second, it seems like they're going to explore that. And then they're just like, yeah, whatever. I, I feel like there should have been more, though, as she like experiences music for the first time. And she's almost they made a there. big deal out of that. And then like later on she there's music but it doesn't yeah it was weird yeah 
the like you know the kind of awkwardness of like are we gonna kiss now and she starts going to her whole like the the there's 134 facial muscles and that are required for kissing it's like trying to court data from star trek mm-hmm. um and then that she, guy's like, just like whatever dude. i can work with this yeah <laughs> this is a intense albino german girl sure mm-hmm. <laughs> uh all right anyways um under my journal discussion, I just have written, I'm not sure I have all that much to say about this movie, so why don't you take the lead? Is that literally all you have? Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's, is there anything, any scenes in particular you want to discuss? Or, like, I feel like this movie is just, like, in one ear, out the other with me. No, oh, okay, well, I don't particularly want to show up for that conversation, so. I'm uh, just saying, why don't you guide the conversation? I usually do it. Um, I have, I have wheel. a, I have a, oh, thank you. Maybe I will. Um, because as you know, the blue whale is not only the largest mammal around, but it also has seven gallons of testicles. Mm-hmm. I like little moments with, when he gets like nervous telling her that in their little cabin away. I guess, should we, should we talk about a general synopsis of the plot for anyone who's never seen this movie and maybe never will? So near as I could tell, Hannah's... Yes. Hannah, yeah, uh, Hannah's mother... Is it her mother, the one who dies, or is that not her mother yes. either? Okay, it's her mother. It's her mother. She's some sort of like genetically engineered super baby or something. And Eric Bana has, I don't know, teamed up with the mom. He's like a CIA guy, but he's gone rogue or something uh, to like protect this uh, this project that Kate Blanchett is like the evil CIA person who's like trying to close down this like super baby project. And they killed off all everyone else except for this mother and child. Um, and he's trying to protect her. The mother is killed by Kate Blanchett when uh, Hannah is just a, a little baby. And then like Eric Bana and Hannah just like go into the woods for, I don't know, 15 years or something. And he just like raises her completely cut off from all society. Like she freaks out when she sees an airplane, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he's just been raising her to be like a super killer the entire time, just up in the snows of Finland as they do in Finland. Um, and then eventually he decides that like she's trained enough. And so they have like this little beacon they can turn on. And when they turn it on, she'll be picked up by the CIA. And I guess the, the plan is that they're going to turn it on. He's going to get the fuck out of there. She's going to get taken back. And like, I guess they won't be expecting her to be like a killer. horse. Yeah. And so when she gets close to Kate Blanchett, she can kill her and then get away. And then they're going to meet up somewhere in I don't know, Italy or I don't know, wherever. Germany. Somewhere in Europe, Germany, yeah, yeah. and that's Grim basically Park. the rest of the movie is Top like house. she she kills the decoy because Kate Blanchett like sent a decoy in instead of her, and then it's just like escaping from like this Morocco institution where they're at. And, like just well, so I, I feel like Eric Bana would have been content to like spend another five years in the woods with her. Uh, he's basically raising her to be like a hunter, to be an assassin, to always be on edge. Um, they have like a whole mantra about like always thinking on your feet, even when you're asleep or whatever. He's like, <laughs> how do you learning- do that? I don't know. It's super assassin woodsy nonsense. Um, he's like learning her stuff about uh, from Teaching the her? like encyclopedias. Yeah. Okay. He's learning her stuff. He's homeschooling her from um, like encyclopedias and things. Um, she's never heard fucking music out there in the woods with him. Can he uh, not sing or is he just like, nah? Oh, that'd be wonderful. If she, he's just like, I'll teach you music. She's like, stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I get the impression, you know, it's it's 
it's a girl who's grown up. I mean, I feel like they probably had like a really awkward, like beginning of Carrie moment. And I, I don't know how he handled that. Um, and so she's more the one like yearning to not just like go avenge her mother, but like, cause that's what this is all about, but go like see the outside world and, and experience things. Uh, um, so the program involved like raising or creating babies, like uteruses that would lessen their ability to fear, to feel fear and pity to make them smarter and have stronger muscle mass. There's some business about her DNA and how she's, it's been altered and she's not like entirely human or she's like a superhuman or whatever, you know, it's, it's very glossed over. Like she's like a super and, soldier seemingly. And she's clearly like grown up about TV cause she's like bummed by this and not realizing that she's like a vampire slayer essentially. Um, but like, so yeah, like uh, Eric Bana is like er- Eric Heller. Eric Heller was like, the top recruiter of women for this project until finally he's just like, this is sickening and immoral, whatever. And he, I guess develops an affection for Hannah's mother who basically looks like Frank Patente and run Lola run. Um, yeah, it's a weird and, look. And then, then, well, I don't know, German women, but then like, uh, uh, Marissa Wiegler played by Kate Blanchett, who's got a lot of weird affectations in the movie. Um, it starts showing down the program, as you said, uh, like the teeth thing. She's really about good oral care, real, real bloody oral hygiene. She's basically like got like a Dana Scully look. Yeah. Like, like nineties version Dana Scully. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, straight up, like, like from like episode two of mm-hmm. the X-Files where yeah. it's like a little bit frumpy. Um, and then it's just a lot of hunting down, you know, they're hunt- trying to hunt down Eric. They're trying to hunt down Hannah. Uh, at some point, Hannah's like grandmother enters a picture because Kate Blanchett goes to visit her and kills her. Um, Eric almost gets a drop on Kate Blanchett at one point, but she gets away. Um, not a not a great I'm plan. I mean, seemingly Eric Van is like a like a badass. He it's it's almost like he really doesn't need the 15 year old super assassin. There had to have been better plans, but sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Well, I want to get to it in a second, but like I get to it now. So he like his plan when he leaves because he's got like crazy like long mountain man hair and his big stupid beard, and so he like he cuts his hair and he like shaves his beard. He puts on like the suit that he's apparently had in a box for fifteen years and some like like snow boots. They're in the middle of fucking nowhere where it's like freezing cold, and he's just gonna like hike to civilization in this outfit. From like, he doesn't even Finland. put on. Yeah, he doesn't even put on like a like an outer coat of his three piece suit. That's the part that cracked me up. And then what you were joking about is he walks to like, I don't know, a, a tropical beach somewhere from Finland, where, whereupon he just takes off like the, the tropical boots, his entire suit, puts it presumably in a waterproof backpack and like swims across the ocean or a channel or something in like his boxers. And apparently you notice some dick. He's got a dick pouch. No, they're it's like long underwear. Okay. But yeah, um, like a kangaroo, you got to put it somewhere. Eventually, Hannah shows up at some weird German guy's house. He's like a, a contact or asset or something. That guy eventually dies, too. I don't know. It's just it all runs together in my mind. Everybody dies at the end except for Hannah. And she uh, shoots Kate Blanchett at the end with like this weird improvised arrow business and then says, you know, I just missed your heart. And shoots her in the head and that's the end of the movie cool <laughs> cool uh, 
the uh, like little details were all like stylistic and kind of baffled me. The like tunnels that she crawls through in the base, they're like perfectly like little girl assassin sized. Mm-hmm. Are those ventilation tunnels? I, I, wherever the fuck they are in this like top secret underground base in Tunisia. Um, I just I wrote down that at one point Kate Blanchett does one of those things on my bucket list, which is like burning a file and like tossing it in a wastebasket. Mm-hmm. Still want to do that. Um, and hey, be the change you want to see in the world. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's like a lot of scenes that I, I don't know. I just they don't work on me when she ends up in Morocco. We learn that she she's like super fluent in like Arabic and Japanese and other languages. She's been taught all these languages, yeah. But she experiences this kind of bizarre future shock from all like the electricity and related like noise stimuli in her room at the cheap hotel she's staying in. Mm-hmm. The ceiling fan drives her nuts. Um, and then as you mentioned, the second greatest Tom Holland role, maybe first greatest Tom Holland, Hollander role uh, as the German sex midget. Is that who that was? Yeah. Okay. Um, what she eventually that- like runs into Eric Bana and like she's like mad at him because he didn't tell her she had like, her DNA altered or something. I don't know. It's and that he's not her like bio real dad. dad. Yeah. yeah. Does it matter? He raised you for your entire life. I mean, uh, plot wise, she had to have a a breaking away from you know the lies that her teachers told her. Uh, what did you think of the Jason Fleming, Olivia Williams, like new age British hippies caravanning family? Uh, I mean. I like Olivia Williams. Um, it 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 just seemed like like many things in this movie. It was like they just wanted to have like weird riffs, you know. Like there's there's no particular reason for those parents to be like weird hippie new age, but like sure, why not? There's all these little bits that I feel like should have been left in someone's notebook for a different movie because yeah. she's she's talking about how she doesn't believe in makeup because it's dishonest and then she immediately like pivots into well don't you know red lipstick just mimics the color of the labia majora but mm-hmm. i've already got this like natural pigmentation on my lips so <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely it seems like could have stayed in the notebook for something else because uh, it seems then- they all die although you don't see it you can assume that and so i don't know it's weird because the movie never addresses it at all like I'm thinking about them as a viewer because they put effort into establishing them as characters, but you, you never, it's like maybe they died. Maybe they let them go. Maybe they're still stuck there tied up. We don't know. They have the like central, like first friend, like sleepover scene with her and, and Sophie. And then, yeah, that girl's dead. Like, probably yeah like five minutes later in the movie that girl's dead you even had the scene where the brother rolls over because he's been listening to these two girls and we've been seeing lots of like close-ups of like lips shoulders mm-hmm. neck curvature um of these 15 year old girls uh but then like there's like these like, weird off like humor with hannah that they should have steered into more like olivia williams mentions at one point she's like hannah what did your mom die of and hannah's like three bullets mm-hmm. it's like that should have like landed a lot better yeah, like I said, it reminded me of like a 90s movie. Just kind of like over the top stylized weirdness. Yeah. The uh the one sequence I really enjoyed with the the filming and the editing is it's when they're still in the cabin and she's in her like her bunk 
top of the cabin reading mm-hmm. the the book of Grimm's fairy tales because of course like 90s there's there's kind of a motif that that doesn't really equate to much I mean I guess you could try to call it a dark fairy tale anyway she's like looking at the, like photo booth picture strip inside that book of her mother and she like imagines or perhaps remembers her mother like on a beach smiling at her and then like the the show the memory fades they just like turn off the light on the mom you just like see her still in the dark night and then we immediately cut to like the gunfire the next day and mm-hmm. i enjoyed the editing of the sequence but um it's like the start of a really good little bit of character development with her and and they don't it really just steers into like action like very stylized action um supposedly the script is on the blacklist twice and it's like really this okay to me this would this i i I would be shocked because this reads i I can only imagine what this reads like as as a script like i feel like the strength of this movie is all in the visual direction not the script right right like how would you i I don't think you could explain i mean you could spend like a page trying to describe the like a simple composition of one of the shots but no, um, I kind of like to do that in script. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. Um, Hannah really like fucks up the dudes in the container park. Like it's a little more coherent than like the Batman fight and Batman begins there. Um, I laughed that when she gets to, I think she get when she gets to Berlin and she's like walking through the city at night, there's like a dude just like screeching in his wheelchair that she passes. And I just thought city life, this like weird guy who's like her like helper is in this big suspenders. He, I don't know what the deal with this guy is later on. He's like hung upside down and tortured or something. Oh, the, um, the like, like weird magician dude. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, like he, he, I, I don't know how he lives in like Grimm's house or whatever, but he, he grabs a bunch of eggs and he's like waffles. And she asks for one of the eggs. So he like tosses her one. <laughs> she, and she just eats it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like weird hope. But once the hobo clown puts on like in the hall of the Mountain King, I was like, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, Marissa Vigler shows up and shoots him. Uh, of course, cyber cafes, which is another like 90s movie info dump tropes. And somehow uh, she can like just on the Internet find out all about uh, Eric Bana's character and what DNA is and the murder and everything, you know. Yeah, and there's lots of, you know, again, they're trying to maintain their their fairy tales thing where they're basically she's fighting Kate Blanchett in a like abandoned amusement park at the end and like it's a lot of like going in and out of like a wolf's mouth tunnel after they've shot each other and yeah I don't know I I do enjoy this movie but it is it is something that you forget very quickly yeah all right well uh if you could make one change this movie what would be uh, I'd put more into the character of Hannah. I would. Um, I I think the thing with these kind of uh, like super assassin movies is they have to be like super stoic and um I don't know, kind of just bland. And I I I wish we had moments for them to like break down and emote and maybe have some like like dialogue about how they're feeling just something where like an audience can like latch onto them more i would take this over like whatever matt damon's doing in a similar type movie any day of the week but that would be my first big note yeah mine was just i i needed higher emotional stakes um even when her dad like she's running away and she hears a gunshot because she knows like her 
you know, quasi father just died. She's like a little bit shocked, but not that shocked. I don't know. Like it was, it was like, she didn't really seem to care that much. She just wrote him off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, I couldn't really engage with her as a character. Mm. She was just like, you know, unstoppable assassin pretty much. Mm. All um, I didn't really get as far as, as power rankings. Did you? I mean, I have like seven. Okay. I mean, there, there's not really characters in this other than a few. Um, I had the uh, German sex midget. It's number seven. Okay. Whatever his name as, was. As Tom Alder, I'd put him as uh, number 10 for me. Um, so let's say, let's say he's my he's my number seven. I'll just do this on the fly as you do it. Okay. Uh, I had fake Marissa at number six. Good old I would, Lady I Mary. Would. I would totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Number five, I had Sophie. That is the uh, the teenage friend character. Okay. Um, um, yeah. I mean, as you can tell, I don't have a whole lot to say about any of these characters because there's not much to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would put... Um, <laughs> I'm going to put the little brother at five. Well, <laughs> I'm guy. really struck... I'm really struggling on there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Olivia Williams' character, Rachel, at number five. Or number four, sorry. Um, I found her a little bit more interesting than her daughter. Uh, maybe in a different movie. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I misread mine. Um, let's just say somewhere in here I put in um, uh, Olivia Williams and Jason Fleming. Because they're a weird pair off of each other, especially when they... They walk back in and uh, from like the date with the Spanish boys who don't have to wax their eyebrows, and it's like you can just hear them like smashing like crazy in their van. Can you? Yes. Oh, I must have missed that. And the van is like rocking, like it's oh, literally I totally missed that. So apparently, they set up a tent for the kids so they can like mm-hmm. fuck the van at the campsite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's your number four? Let's say my number four is Kate Blanchett. Okay, I had uh, Eric at number three. Um, it's Eric Bana. He's not doing a whole lot. Um, I would agree. I don't know if he's doing more or less here than in Munich. I'd say less. Okay. I mean, more action. I would think like more him personally doing action, more choreography at least. If you took out the completely awkward, weird sex scene at the end of Munich, like how much better does that movie get? Like, why does he need to climax while we're flashing back to all the athletes getting murdered? I, I don't know. Sometimes Spielberg makes bizarre choices. <laughs> There's like, and usually, they, like, he's you can usually count on Spielberg to just like play it safe. And with that, it's like, what? There's a really good, and I think we've talked about it in previous podcasts. There's a good nerd writer video talking about Munich and Spielberg's sound, but like. I know we've talked about this before, but especially like the gunshots in a Spielberg movie are so visceral and mm-hmm. like more real than any other action movie. But doesn't Munich have a couple of like intense sex scenes of his wife? I just remember the one or it's like the end. One... It's, we're finally flashing back to what happens to the athletes, the Olympians, um, like the, the end result there where they all get killed. And it's like cross cutting between that and him like climaxing inside his wife. And it's like, what the fuck? I just, I don't know what you're going for, Spielberg. 
I want to say there's one earlier where she's pregnant. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a scene about positions. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, the, the scene where they kill the female assassin in that movie, like, amazing filmmaking. Is that? Who is that? It's someone, I think. Yeah, let me look that up. It's a chick from uh, that one Pierce Brosnan movie, I want to say. That one Pierce Brosnan movie. The one that's the John le Carre um, adaptation. Tyler Panama. What's that chick's name? It's not Daphne. That's his wife. Yeah, that's the, that's the lady who went on to be Sylvie? in the... Uh... No, that's not her. No. This is good radio right here. Maybe we need more clicky cocky keyboard to figure this out. I know. It's going to bother me because I know it's like she's we've seen her in other stuff. I mean, this is, this is a, it's a movie of a lot of Bond villains and I know that. And then the wife went on to be in that Tom Hanks movie with the Dan Brown and the, the what have you. Um, the antimatter bombs and such, such nonsense. The female assassin in Munich. She's the like du- on a Dutch assassin. Okay, let's see. This is this is not who I'm thinking of this then. I'm pulling it up right now. Marie Josie Cruz? That's not who I'm thinking of. Marie it's not Josie the, Cruz, yeah. Maybe it's not the Dutch assassin. That's well, gotta be. You know, but like when she finally me. takes a breath and starts bleeding, God, that, that shit freaks me out. This podcast really mm-hmm. the blood freaks you out. Just the way that she held it for that long, you know. Uh, like, oh, such a did it make you like did you did it give you something to aspire to sure okay no i just i don't know like i what can i say i, I was i was sad even though she was clearly like a monster you know like you're working on like your your personal like i don't know the equivalent of like kegel muscles for like bleeding you're just like i will master my body not exactly uh, no i was just gonna be in that jack ryan tv series i'm sorry to hear that <laughs> Also, in a movie called Milf. <laughs> Extra sorry to hear that. Do you care about Jim from The Office as Jack Ryan? Oh yeah, that's right. He's gonna be in that. You know what I it's just? Like, you know what I just don't, don't care about see? Jim from The Office like are, being jacked. Are you gonna go see a Quiet Place? I don't know, man. That just looks stressful. I, you know what? Like I just, I'm in my 30s. I don't need that shit. I just I look at that movie. Okay, it's not just it's not just the plot, right? You got Jim from the Office. You got Jim from the Office's wife in the movie. I'm just like, you think you're so clever, don't you? <laughs> you got this movie. You all got to be silent. And your little family dynamic. Ugh. Have you seen the trailer for Unsane? Yes, I have. That is a hard nope for me. Yeah, you what? know how I feel about mental institutions. How do you feel about mental institutions? I don't want to go there. Interesting. I mean, isn't that the, what are you afraid? You afraid you can get like found out? The, no, the idea that like if you like it's that's like my worst fear. You go to a mental institution, they won't let you leave, even though you're not crazy. Hmm. Hmm. I was very curious, like what, what, like what lenses and stuff he used on his iPhone X to like film that. Yeah, I'm um, sure it's like a seven, probably, but um, I thought it was a ten. Was it already ten? It just came out a few months ago. I want to say maybe he like got like one a little bit early. That doesn't happen. Either, either way, he filmed it on a ten. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we at? Number three. Okay, yeah. I had Eric. Okay, yeah, I have Eric Bana. 
Okay. We're just calling him. Oh, he's Eric Heller. Never he's mind. Eric, sorry. Yeah, Eric with a K. Uh, I had Kate Blanchett's Marissa at number two. And number two, I had Hannah. Really? Who the fuck do you have at number one? I think you can guess if you know me. It, those playing at home, can you guess? All of you say it aloud. I, I had no idea what you're about to say. Is it Lady Mary? Well, no, no. Tell me your number one and then tell me what you think. Uh, my, my number one's one Hannah. I don't know who the fuck your number one is. You already said Kate Blanchett. Sophie? Sophie? No, my number one is. Yeah. Seriously? Hmm. Okay. I enjoy that character. She's like lively in a movie that needed a little life. Uh, I I could definitely see where like her preteen chavness would like eventually get on the nerves, but I, I enjoy that character in this movie. All right. Uh, would you recommend? I enjoy this character in this rewatch. I'll put it that way. Okay. Would you recommend Hannah? I would. Yeah. Um. You know, with some caveats, it's it's a stylish action movie. It's um. What did they say in the one podcast? It's a hangover movie. I don't know if it's quite a hangover movie, but it's not like a, a rip roaring fun watch with a bunch of friends or anything like that. I, I guess I would. I don't know. I was not expecting to be so indifferent to this movie when I watched it, but here we are. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Would you, would you, as far as what you're going into and what you're going to walk out of, like, would you, say it's similar as far as the user experience for like something like annihilation. I mean, a little less fucked up, just, but like, this is so not annihilation, but I mean, it's basically like an empty movie, um, with some, with some very strong visuals. No, I, I think there are at the very least with annihilation, which we'll be talking about in just a moment. There are conversations to be had about ideas. I don't, mm. I don't think that Hannah is a movie of ideas. Okay, well, hopefully we'll get into some ideas here with mm-hmm. Annihilation. Um, so, yeah, that was Hannah. Watch it if you feel like it. Um, we are going to talk about Annihilation now. We're going well, to talk about spoilers, say, I just, obviously. I just want to say, so, I remember you were utterly shocked. Knowing you, you probably edit that into the beginning of the podcast. But they are making a Hannah TV show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, if you had to guess at the casting, who would you guess? Like for the for the for Marissa, Hannah? Like Eric characters. Hannah is like a girl you probably never heard of. Okay, so it's a no one. Um let's see. Who is the like Amazon Prime version of Eric Abana? I'll put I'll give you a hint. Mm-hmm. One of these actors just had a pretty blah show on Netflix. That could be a lot of people. Because uh, that could be a lot of Netflix shows. These two actors have worked together before on an AMC TV show that you have watched. Oh, um, James Badgedale? Nope. Oh, so that, that's that's a pretty good that's time story, Eric Bana, though, isn't it? He's a little that's too your, twitchy, though. Isn't he like your 24 Rubicon boy? I don't know if I call him my boy. I mean, he shows up in Iron Man 3. He, that's true. Um, I feel like he... he found a new career being like the weird guy i think i thought you were a rubicon guy i watched like maybe two episodes of that show I, I never finished it it was okay that was a show that was just like newspapers i wish they still existed <laughs> and codes yeah i wish newspapers existed so i could put codes in the ads <laughs> mm-hmm. well it's not jane's batch dale then i don't know what's uh, the point right yeah um uh, been together in an amc show that i watched Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Mad Men Breaking Bad? Nope. Aaron Paul? 
Nope. No. Oh my god, Aaron Paul would be hilarious as Eric Heller. Uh, not Walking Hannah, Dead. Hannah, I'm your father, bitch. Yeah. Not Walking Dead, I assume. What other shows does AMC have? I, I never watched Low Winter Sun. Is that the bald British guy? I had no idea because I didn't watch it. Soap, subpar villains. Um, you, you, tell you me the watched, show at least. You've watched at least one season. It's, uh, well, I say the show, you know exactly who I'm talking about. A whole season? season? Yeah. What the fuck? It was a mystery. It was a mystery? Mm-hmm. Supposedly. Wow. I can give you a lot of really, really clues that will do nothing for you. Yeah, I'm drawing a total blank. The the titular character was just in a musical with Janelle Parrish. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That won't help you. No. Uh, uh, okay, I'll spoil it for you. One mm. of the characters was the Rocketeer. But this is not, not one of the actors in this, but one of the characters in that show was the Rocketeer. Billy Campbell was in it? Yep. I, I have no idea what the fuck this show is. The Killing. Oh, that. Well, it's not Joel yeah. Kinnaman, is it? It is Joel Kinnaman. It is? I, you know, I was going to say Joel Kinnaman as like the dime story Eric Bana, but I was like, no, it couldn't be him because he's an altered carbon. Nope. Wow. He's also an Hannah. With uh, Muriel. Yep. Wow. Okay. Playing Marissa. <laughs> I guess she is the dime store Kate Blanchett. Yeah. I don't know if that's fun for anyone else to listen to, but it's highly satisfying for me. <laughs> um, Fucking Joel Kinnaman. The actress playing Hannah is like Samantha Morton's daughter, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fucking Joel Kinnaman, like super now jacked Joel Kinnaman. <laughs> I hope his secret agent technique is to smoke a fake joint with someone. It's just to take off his fucking shirt. <laughs> I finally did. You watch it. any more Alter Carbon? I finished it, man. Okay, wow. I've only seen the two episodes. I don't know. Maybe I can't more. say I would recommend it. Does it at least get weirder? I don't know. Like uh, for me, when I was really out was when like the, uh, the femme fatale wife shows up and they bang for seemingly no reason at all. Other than that, like this is the kind of show where he has sex with everyone. You know, I was just like, whatever. Like it, it was just so dumb. Where he has sex with everyone. Yeah. Uh, whoa. <laughs> you weren't out when you saw James Purefoy's cock. I mean, that was when I was back in, but no. Um, why why is James Purefoy... So here's the thing. Like, if you're super rich and whatever, and you can clone yourself and all that, and mm-hmm. why doesn't he have, a, like, a, a better, younger body that he inhabits? I thought you were going to say a better, younger dick. Um, that's I mean, a good question. Also, his son is super lame. So it's like, I don't know, like... I mean, if there's... I was if I was James Purefoy, and I had all this technology and money to essentially be immortal and inhabit whatever body I wanted to. Would I continue to inhabit James Purefoy's body? No, I feel like no. James Purefoy, first of all, James Purefoy, is this not like not his first full frontal nudity scene in a show? Did he not? I, I don't like, really track that. Like, like drop trow and like Rome. I want to say, James oh, Purefoy, I think everyone feel, did in that show. I feel like James Purefoy is like, kryptonite to a show i feel like stars is a network where like erect penises are, are go i would not be shocked if james Purefoy had a guesting role at least on spartacus spartacus is like i've only ever seen one episode and that show seems so cheesy and stupid to me um that was the show where 
I watched one episode and like there was a scene where this they were like this dudes were having a conversation out in mm-hmm. the streets of Rome or wherever they are. Um, yes, do. And he just like stops to take a dump at like a latrine that's right in the middle of the street. And it's all out in the open. And then that wasn't he, in Rome. Well, I'm talking about Spartacus. This is on Spartacus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he like he like wipes his ass with this. It's like this stick with like some rags at the end. And he's just like yeah. at in the middle of the conversation, kind of like reaching under his legs and like scrubbing his asshole with this. Right so the in the middle of the that, shot. Like, uh, that, the, that the centaurs used to wipe their ass. And I was just like, I'm out. Like, I'm sorry. You, I, I didn't know I had a limit. I thought I was like pretty libertine about anything I see on TV, but I'm out. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so annihilation. <laughs> What'd you think of Annihilation? I'm glad I saw it. It was interesting. Not there are parts of it that weren't as successful as other parts. Um, mm. The stuff with the affair. I mean, I eventually got like, oh, okay, this is why she's self-destructive and whatnot. You know. But, oh, I think this. The, it's not because of the affair. I think the affair is yet another like signal that she's self-destructive, right? Oh well, yeah, but then that informs why her husband would be self-destructive and why she is feeling the way she is, you know, like trying to atone or whatever. I mean, it, it informs the characters, but it was just a little odd the way they kept cutting to it. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, we're, we're spoiling this movie. I don't think this is a movie that can be spoiled truly. Like it's, it's very much like an experience type of movie where even if you know what happens, it's different to see it. We could tell you what happens in this movie, but I don't think that'll really tell you what happens in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you've read the books, right? So I gave you a copy of the book, but as of all things I give you, you were like, fuck that. I'm not reading that. It right? is on my shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've you read some things. Gave me. I, I read that cracked little vein book. Um, I read, oh, I didn't read that. What? Good for you. I didn't read that. Good for you. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I read, um, I like the ruins. Oh, uh, well that was different. That was, yeah, that was, was more research. Yeah. Uh, uh, I read some books you give me, just uh, annihilation. not Annihilation, even though it was really short. I don't know. I I think you'd give me another book that had a similar looking cover, and I read two pages, and I was like, "What is this trash?" It was just like not well written, and so mm-hmm. because of that, Annihilation got got shelved as well. Maybe I'll read it. I don't know. I would highly recommend the Southern Reach trilogy to to a lot of people. It's not a book for everyone, nor is this movie a lot of the movie for a lot of people. The nice thing is this movie is is only like two or three details from those books. Um, coincidentally, I had just read an old J.G. Ballard novel called The Crystal World. And I honestly, this movie is much more of an adaptation of that than it is of Annihilation. Uh, the whole Area X thing and uh, a biologist and a husband and a lighthouse are essentially the plot elements that come from the book and go into the movie. Everything else is pretty original. Um, and I kind of... It sounds like I should just go watch Stalkers, or the, the impression I'm getting. Well, it's, it's, very, it's, very, it's very Ballard. It's very Tarkovsky and Stalker. Uh, you know, man's relationship with the landscape and how the two change each other. Um, and I'm totally cool with, with, you know, like a director's being like, I can do better or it's a different medium. I can adapt it differently, whatever. I'm not going to be beholden to that. What, the only thing that bothers me 
about the adaptation process is Garland had put out a quote where it was like, he said something like, uh, when I was adapting the book and the year I was adapting the book, I only had the, only the first novel had come out and that would be cool. Except that all the books came out and like in a purposely in an eight month period and like a purpose, like a, like a novel version of like the Netflix model. Um, so I'm positive that galleys would have been available to him. Well, from what, from what I've read, he read the galley, the galleys of, um, annihilation once never even looked at it again and just like went and like did his you know quote-unquote adaptation basically mm-hmm. like just on like vague feelings from his one reading of the thing so but I also, it wasn't I, it wasn't a really like a really close reading of that text or anything i feel like he probably always wanted to make this like jg ballard movie and that was never going to happen because like there's like alligators like crystal alligators or white alligators are a thing in that book that are nothing to do with Annihilation and they show up in this movie. Um, but I enjoyed this movie. Uh, it was definitely fucked up in ways in like body horror stuff. That's yeah. This, this movie will not, give you some totally nightmares. My cup of tea. Um, yeah, it definitely gives you nightmares. There's certain aspects from the book where I was like, okay, this is kind of that version. Like there's a, um, there's like a moaning that they keep hearing when they keep going around a certain area in area X in the book. And they eventually find that it's a creature that they won't say much, but they can tell that it used to be a person mm-hmm. uh, is how they describe it. I think. And there's like certain animals that they attribute to, to uh, uh, human personalities to, but like that kind of became the bear with no face and like the help me. I mean, that was rap. some, that was some crap cracker jacker shit there, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was fucked up. The the one part where the movie kind of lost me a little was when Gina Rodriguez like starts to basically have like the heart of darkness meltdown. Yeah. It just seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, I would agree. Like and it and it just it was just a little cliche. Um I don't know, and it was like I don't know how you felt about this. Like something about like the the one lesbian character is the one who has this kind of like very masculine like meltdown seemed mm. a little like, Oh, it had to be that character, you know? Yeah. Um, well, so I mean, they, they bring it back and they, 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 you know, they, I feel like they, they rescue the scene eventually, but when she's like losing her mind and like being like the crazy, you know, been in the jungle too long persona, whatever, like I was just like, come on. Let me put it this way. Uh, I enjoyed Hannah. And if I have enough whiskey, I, I hope I won't mess this up, but I, I could really enjoy talking about this movie. Uh, now that I think about it more. Um, and I apologize because I'll be the guy who talks about the books a little uh-huh, bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. So deal with it, everyone. Um, in the book, I want to say area X. First of all, the shimmer that's dumb to me. Like that's the one thing I thought was dumb. That's not like a thing from the book. Um, I, I think area X just sounds cooler. But um, so the area X has been around for like 30 years, not three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you definitely get like more space has been has been covered. Um, so I thought that change was interesting. And then I know like I want to say later on in the, the three books, you find out that the um, Natalie Portman character and the, the psychologist character are women of color. Yeah, you know, which obviously I'm they're not. not. To be honest, I'm not going to hold that against this movie just because it was based on the first book where their characters are given so little identity that they don't even have names, let alone descriptions. Like, well, they are they are given identity, but they're not 
they're not referring to their own skin color. So yeah, I mean, obviously it's, I feel like Alex Garland has a little bit of cover there. Plus like he gives more identity to the Tessa Thompson and the Gina Rodriguez characters who are interesting. Um, one, so one of the things in the, the 30 years of expeditions, I want to say that they're told that they're the 12th expedition. And I think it's mentioned briefly, you're the first expedition that's featured all women in the the makeup of the crew. And then later on, you find out, spoiler, that like what they mean is that they've sent like 50 expeditions, but like it's like expedition like 11.1, 11.2, 11.3 or whatever all had the same makeup. If it was like three men and two women, it was always three men and two women. And I saw something where, where Jacob Clifton saw the movie movie and he had a great point about this one works differently because the women show up and they conquest is not their their idea they're all scientists it's all about exploration which slowly fades away over the course of the movie the the stuff with the video where they cut open the guy like that that's the shit that would give me nightmares i'll see i was here for that oh really okay cool Mm -hmm. i mean it's definitely it's definitely like super fucking memorable Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I guess we should talk about that because I don't know how much longer this movie will even be in theaters. <laughs> well, it's coming to Netflix soon. Um, I don't know. Netflix- I mean, what, let's talk about the ending. Okay. I mean, I should say this whole movie visually looks very cool, especially when she gets to the the beach and all like the crystalline structures and whatnot. Um, I definitely predicted like when, when Oscar Isaac was doing his little spiel, I predicted that another one would pop out from behind the camera. So I enjoyed that. Um, well, the ending is straight up Solaris. The, when she's like crawling down into that, uh, hole eventually that was, I was just like, fucking nope. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, well, a lot more like well lit than I would have thought too. Sure. Yeah. So do you think um, do you think it was her double who made it out, or is it her and she's just like changed in some way? I mean, I, I know well, what the so, book says, so don't tell me what the book says. But for the, well, no, movie, the movie, at this point, the movie is completely different. So what I think is interesting about the movie is Tessa Thompson kind of comes up with the hypothesis that I think we're supposed to expect, which is that what Area X is doing is it's reflecting things, but it's also like it's refracted, so it's like slightly. Uh, like an inverted reflection and slightly different than it should be. So I presume what you're not going to know. It's probably like fake Oscar Isaac or area X Oscar Isaac. And it may very well be. Well, it's like, it certainly it's seems like, like altered real, Natalie Portman. Yeah. Cause she's been in area X. Sure. But like, it's like either way, cause the, the eye thing, mm-hmm. they're going to be like the weird reflections of each other. Is the impression I kind of got from the eyeball thing or what I was kind of reading into it. Um, but it definitely leaves it open that sure it could have been the fake version of her though. I feel like the alien creature, like catching on fire and crawling back into the tunnel would like solidify that. That is that, yeah. that her, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not like the ending of the Soderbergh Solaris where it's, it's kind I of trick of the editing. Oh, the, the Soderbergh Solaris. Well, don't spoil it for people. I might watch it someday. I don't think you're ever going to watch that. I might. Okay. And I did. I thought Natalie Portman was good. Um, I liked her physicality as like a soldier. And then it just, I, I, I was just like, yeah, Natalie Portman should be in more stuff. And then I was like, oh, she's already been in like the two biggest franchises out there, mm-hmm. but kind of wasted in both of them. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I just started to think about the character of Padme Amidala and I just got like frustrated and annoyed because like, what the fuck? You know, like I was just thinking about this in the shower today. Like she didn't need to be a queen. <laughs> like Leia was adopted. There's nothing like, like Natalie Portman could have been anyone in the Star Wars universe. She could have been a, a fellow Jedi. She could have been a smuggler. She could have been like a childhood friend of Anakin. She could have been a Sith. And instead, she was just like this totally boring queen, an elected queen at that, which has like yeah, nothing to do with Princess Leia being a princess at all. Well, there's something extra bizarre about um, a society that elects young girls it's to so be dumb. their leader. It was like George Lucas was like, oh, yeah, her Leia's mom will be a queen. And like somebody reminded him halfway through production that like, no, but Leia's adopted. Like if if she was like a hereditary princess then like obviously anakin skywalker would know who she is but also he's still senator bail organa like like how does she become princess leia that's because bail organa is married to the queen of alderaan oh is he okay yeah is that ever like in the text of the movies though like no but it's it's the only explanation that makes sense if you're going just on like movie like original trilogy canon it's the only one that would make sense because if Leia was a princess by like by birth mm. then like Darth Vader would be like hmm that's interesting I knew your mother we used to bang and uh, we stopped smashing right about the time you were born hmm you know like it would make no sense that he wouldn't know that was his daughter um, Kickstarter to get James Earl Jones to voice those lines mm-hmm. your mother and I we used to smash I would kill for that yeah um yeah yeah that's a good point i i almost kind of think there's not a lot as much as she is the star of the movie there's more obviously there's more for natalie to do in the interrogation frame story of annihilation than there is to do in a lot of the area x stuff um it's mostly just like reaction work for the most part until she gets to the 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 very physical interaction with the alien creature at the end of the movie which she gets to fire some guns and it plays off like one of those like Sia, like Maddie Ziegler, you know, co- like like interpretive dance videos. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you this: when they're when they're entering the Shimmer, because they're all like mm-hmm. in a row, I was like, "Ooh, five man band." Who's the leader? It's the it's the um, what's her name from Ridge, Ridgemont High? Jennifer Jason Leigh. Jennifer Jason Leigh. So I don't who, I don't mean I don't like I don't mean anymore. I don't mean within the movie like texturally who's the leader. I mean. If you oh, were to point to someone and say that's the leader, would you oh, still Natalie. say it's her or is it Natalie Portman? It's Natalie Portman, yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee is like the Lancer, I would say. And well, then like is there uh, a trope, like the dubious Lancer. Gina Rodriguez is the big guy. Mm-hmm. Tess Thompson's a smart guy. The uh Swedish chick is the heart, right? I mean Well, I think the heart and this the the smart guy kind of swap a little bit. Yeah. Yes, although but but, but Tessa Thompson but, is the one who like has like the the idea about what's going on. So I, I feel like true, you gotta get true. okay to her. But once uh Shepard departs, I think Tessa Thompson kind of sheds the sure. smart guy. Yeah. Um so that stuff what's uh, one more one last thing about the book. Mm-hmm. I, I beg you. Um what's interesting about the book a lot of the times too is is the the main character who has there, there's no names it's all roles it's mm-hmm. all roles the it's biologist. part of their mission yeah the biologist like 
eventually she starts to realize the psychologist is using a lot of hypnosis on them. It's it's how they enter safely into area X because you're not you cannot unless you're in a hypnotic state, they found that you cannot enter it safely. See, so that's, everyone that's is, when I would have noped out reading the book right there. And so the whole like the time loss thing where they, they feel mm-hmm. like they've been in there for several days. It's the hypnosis. They, they can't it's hypnosis. And there's other various things where she'll They'll be like, man, the psychologist is really weird in the way she's telling us the story. And, and then like later on, they'll realize time has passed. And she starts to put two and two together that she's using key words on them from all their training. Um, and it's a kind of an interesting thing because you have this character who is so sure of so many things. You, you know her so well. And she's also confronting that in this strange alien landscape that looks like a normal landscape. She also cannot trust the things that she's sure of because she doesn't know what the psychologist has planted in her brain because she's not sure why she's there. Um, which, I, it's like it's it's kind of there. There's it's a whole time loss thing, and it's like in the movie you're just like, eh, Area X is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know why you, where you've been for three days. Yeah, it's a little uh, undeveloped. How did you feel about the sort of like metaphor for? I don't know, mental, I don't say mental illness necessarily, but like the, the characters are kind of all suffering and the way they suffer within the, uh, the shimmer is a reflection of their mental state. Like Tessa Thompson and like the scars that Mm -hmm. that grow plants. I I thought it was interesting. It kind of reminded me in that regard of, of lost. I mean, Natalie Portman's essentially facing off against like herself because like that's, that is her guilt that she's carrying. Yeah, that she she ruined her marriage. Yeah, um, I I think it's smart. I mean, it's again, it's not my problem when I talk about the book is not is not like oh man, they should have done the book. It's it's definitely a separate thing, and I really enjoyed this movie. Um, so I'm kind of glad they went that direction. Like I said, it's it's like these like twisted reflections of themselves that they have to face. Um, hence Gina Rodriguez and like the uh, like faceless bear that screams out in a dead woman's voice as it devours her. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> ooh, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If you went to Area X, mm-hmm. what would you find? Um, hmm. mm. I mean, I don't know if I would go into Area X. I'm not that self-destructive. You're not that curious? I don't know if my curiosity would be enough to override my uh my like, survival instinct i guess okay i mean i don't know i feel like we're almost getting into like sphere territory or something there you know like what hmm. you know only what you bring with you that movie version of sphere is really frustrating yeah it's bad this movie did remind me of like early crankton though at least in some ways at least the, the setup you know mm-hmm the nice thing about at least the book is it's more about the characters than it is about the pseudoscience. That's one of the nice things about this kind of setting is that it's more like nature descriptions than it is like bothering like to like explain to you why things are different. And I think at the end of the, the trilogy, you still don't fully get the, the the science of it, and that's okay. You don't need to. It it's not important. I, uh, I got to be honest. This book just sounds like a hard pass to me. Okay. Well, I mean, everything. That's your favorite phrase. It's hard to pass, right? I mean, one of them. Sure. Okay. Is there a uh, headcanon bingo card? 
I think if there is in the book has been hidden. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what are the other things on there? I know like Benji says hard pass. Is it like at least three of the squares? I don't think I say it that often. Maybe a little bit. Um, but it was nice because I feel like I haven't seen Natalie Portman in a while in a movie. Am I, am I, crazy? I, wanted, like, I wanted to see Jackie and then it was in theaters and I didn't. I don't know. I, I would say Annihilation is definitely like a movie pass movie. Um, maybe Jackie would have been as well if I had movie pass then. Mm. I just saw Jackie like a few weeks ago, finally. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Natalie Portman should be in more stuff, I feel like. I don't know what. I, I mean, she's definitely like, I feel like she's at a place in her career where like she's only doing like weird stuff that interests her. She's not going to be popping up in like franchise stuff. I, I, I'm sure. No, she's doing like, like, <laughs> like whatever the new Terrence Malick movie is, you know, yeah, um, I'm just not a Malick fan. I'm sorry. So I never saw the one that was the big change. Um, Tree of life. Yeah, no, and so no, no. I saw a new world, I, and I was just like, "eh." Um, and so I never saw the ones after it, mm-hmm. which those seemed. I I I probably like I kind of did that squinty eyed Leonardo DiCaprio thing from Inception that meme when people described to me the plots of those later Malick movies. Probably like the face you make whenever I open my mouth on this podcast, but like that's. Uh, that's the feeling I get about like night night of cups and song to song. And it's like, there's Sunday movies, but I couldn't tell you when that is. And then other things I haven't seen, like your highness or no strings attached. <laughs> you haven't seen your highness. <laughs> yeah. There's like two funny moments in that movie. The sword touching thing, the sword touching thing. And like one other thing. Um, I think it's like at the beginning when, James Franco first shows up and like everyone's cheering him on. He goes, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like, it's just something about the, the weird, uh, discontinuity of saying fuck. Yeah. And like a, an old, you know, sword and sorcery movie. Um, yeah, it's not a good movie. It's bad, but the sword touching is funny. Yeah. Um, really like other than the black swan and Thor movies, like it's been since Hotel Chevalier. (laughs) I mean, Natalie Portman's got to feel a little bit annoyed that, like, she got Jane Foster of all roles, and, like, they just did nothing with that character. And then yeah. she, when she thought she was going to have, like, Patty Jenkins director movie, they fired her. Like, I think that pissed her off a lot. I kind of wish that she had taken a role in Wonder Woman just to get back at them. As an Amazon. As whatever the fuck Natalie Portman wants to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like some of her movie choices, like Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium, she was in that, that was like garbage to me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I've seen. I mean, I've seen. I've done my my time in the trenches of like indie movies of Natalie Portman, like My Blueberry Nights. Well, she had that one movie that she fought really hard to get made. Um, uh, it was a one where it's like Ewan was in it. I'm not even seeing it on her list here. I'm looking at. I'm looking. Jane at got the, a gun. You uh, McGregor's in Jane got a gun. Yeah, she like that movie like went through development hell and like directors are like quitting left and right and like actors and Rodrigo, are quitting. And takes a shit guy. Yeah, she finally got you and McGregor in it, and 
I, I remember seeing the trailer and it was like, man, you you put all that effort into getting this movie made. This looks like garbage. I got the impression it was like a mumblecore western. Yeah. No thanks. Uh, yeah. And then I, I was kind of soft rooting for her to be in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies just because I wanted her to have like a big hit. And I don't think that movie was a hit at all. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel I feel like I let Natalie down. I haven't gone to a lot of her movies. And um, some of them are not great as I'm looking back on them. But it's it's been few and far between, it feels like. I mean, maybe she's poised for a comeback. I don't. Annihilation isn't doing great at the box office, but I feel well, like she's got some buzz. It's being like completely thrown away advertising wise. I feel like it's well, like yeah, on I mean, they Netflix sold it to Netflix. everywhere in the it's on Netflix everywhere in the world, but America. Not yet. In a couple of weeks, it will be. Yeah, I um, I look forward to watching it at least once more in my life via Netflix. She it's no. A, she had a guest spot on Christina on uh, Angie Tribeca. Huh? As herself. And no, as a character named Christina Kraft. Huh. It's no Cloverfield Paradox, though, right? No. No. This, Annihilation? This is a real movie. No, yeah, it's a real movie. movie. It's, I'd say it's worth watching. It's weird and bizarre. Um, I'm glad I saw it. It's just, it's not a complete success, but it's the kind of movie that, like I said, has ideas. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's more it's more emotional. It's more tonal. I, I think it's going to get inside you. It's going to stir some shit up and you're going to walk out thinking of things. It's like a, it's like a Rorschach test movie. Um, and I guess that's kind of what I'm very curious to hear hear people talk about. Um, but I mean, I, I, I wish more movies could be made <laughs> like this one or, or chances taken like this one with like this one's budget, which was 40 million. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, no, they they definitely got their money's worth. I mean, it it looks pretty amazing. Yeah, like I feel like they're th- th- with this and Black Panther both. They're hitting some just like weird new visuals. These kind of like crazy neon fluorescent pastel vistas, you know. Oh, the credits sequence of this movie is just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Like all like the fractal, you know, universal shapes happening in there. Um, also, the guy from Inception as her like uh, colleague lover. I thought that guy was like, I don't know, like completely dispassionate. That guy was too. in Inception. Yeah, he's the That's he's the other scientist. He's the one they they leave behind for twenty years when they go to the water planet. Not Inception. I'm sorry, Interstellar. Okay, yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, sorry, Interstellar. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I question mm-hmm. what. Uh, it's totally separate. What would you say is, is Nolan's masterpiece? Uh, give me the, one and two. I mean, number one, it's a prestige. Right. Number two, it's weird to mention to, to list a Batman movie because they're so unlike his other stuff. But I mean, I feel like you okay. got to do the Dark Knight. Okay. So say it wasn't Dark Knight, though. Would you say that Inception is the non-Batman number two? You know, I watched Inception recently and it was just like, man, you can see the seams in that movie after you've seen it a few times. And Really? And I, okay. I, don't like DiCaprio, so I feel like I don't like DiCaprio at all. I think he's he's solely a grown up, angry little boy. I rewatched this movie and I I made the argument that I think that number one, this is maybe DiCaprio's best role as a guy who's never seen like was eating Gilbert Grape or Inception? whatever the basketball diaries. Yeah, hmm. 
there's more range to his role in this movie than there is in no, things like it, uh, Road. The Departed is would be his best role, I would say. Oh, neck and neck. Um, um, but I mean, if if I'm not saying, I, um, a Batman movie, what what is Nolan's number two movie behind behind the Prestige? Yeah. Um, I, I'd probably go back and forth between Inception and Memento, I guess. Okay. Okay. But I feel like the Prestige is so much better. Well, without a doubt, I would totally agree with you. Uh, the Prestige is a great, fantastic movie. I was just rewatching Inception recently, and I was like, "This movie still works on me. It still really, really works, especially by the end." Like any any confusion you have about the dream levels or the plot because there's some plot holes and what have you all of that is gone and it's just i'm just totally there when that top is spinning and he's looking away and the kids and all that stuff Mm. um yeah i feel like the magic has faded for me a bit okay anyway should we do our uh oscar predictions opinions i don't know like so predictions are boring to me, but I have I have like Oscar hot takes, I suppose. Okay, I'm looking at you want to do them by the the top uh, top down. Are you on the like the variety list or where are you at? I'm on the variety list. Yeah. Okay, so best picture first. Oh, so again, a couple of these I have not seen yet, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, I probably will not. Well, like tomorrow, out of due diligence. So okay, so take the two movies that interest me the least. Mm-hmm. I had to cross off one and say, I'm going to see the other. So the two movies are at the very bottom of the variety list. It's the shape of water and three billboards. I crossed off shape of water. Cause that interests me less. And I decided tomorrow night, I'm going to go see three billboards. Mm. And um, I, uh, I drove past the area recently where the literal three billboards were outside Ebbing, Missouri. Not there. No, it was like in uh, North Carolina, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you drove past North Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. The Shape of Water. I'm just not a Del Toro fan. I'm sure it's fine. I don't know. I've only seen like half these movies. Hmm. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. I, I've seen six and nine. That's not too bad. Um, I mean, I don't. The prediction game bores me because you get into like, like the dumb politics and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know as far as what I would want to see when I think I would probably go with get out. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, I mean, I, my, my top three would be get out lady bird and phantom thread, mm-hmm. but I feel like get out is the most complete movie. Like, I feel like it's just not that lady bird or phantom thread are bad, but I feel like get out is just tighter, I guess. Okay. Um, I think looking into the list, obviously the post has no chance. Um, I haven't the, the seen the post darkest hour and Dunkirk should not even be on this list. I haven't seen yeah. call me by your name, the shape of water through billboards. That's uh, the same thing with me. I, mm-hmm. those are the ones I, I really haven't seen. So call me by your name. I, I, you know, here where I am, it was in theaters very briefly and I just missed it. Um, so I, I wish I had seen that. I, I, I wish I could, um, I kind of feel like it'll be down to get out. I don't know about Phantom Thread. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Jennifer Lawrence had quite the hot take about that, apparently. Was she like, turned it off after three minutes? Yeah. 
I didn't didn't want to see another narcissistic sociopath uh, making a woman feel bad about herself. And she was just like, no, 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 this isn't about Darren Aronofsky. I was going to say, she just filmed Mother, so mm. everyone get off her back. Relax a little bit. <laughs> I can see I can see where she's coming from. I, I don't think I really started enjoying Phantom Thread till like well into it. Like it was when she it, finally it was, starts like poisoning him and yeah. having some agency. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was interesting for a while, but yeah, for like if the movie had just like like the projector had broken like halfway through that movie, I'd probably have been like, eh, you know. It took a I while for me to get into it. There were about twenty two people in the theater with you and I. That last scene, you and I were probably the only two people enjoying. <laughs> I, I want to say when the movie actually ended and you saw some credits, one guy in the row behind us was like, what? <laughs> and I was just like rubbing my hands together like, oh, boy. <laughs> and lead actor. Um, I'm just looking at lead actor now. Jesus. That's kind of a bleak category. Is that really the best five? Okay. Oh, oh so what'd you, what would you do for best picture? I'm sorry. Oh, um. I feel like for me, the dark horse here is Call Me By Your Name. You haven't seen uh, it, though, so, you know, I have no opinion. Yeah. I don't That's I, I don't think that movie has a chance in help winning, personally, but, you know. Okay. I feel like it's down to Get Out or Phantom Thread. Well, is, is that your personal choice, or is that what you think will win? Those are my, those are a little bit of both. Okay. I, I yeah. have no idea, like, whether get out is like has a chance or no chance at all i don't know um i think i feel I, like I, it's gonna it's gonna be like fucking dunkirk or something but like that if if i had a, a vote i would vote for get out well dunkirk again i like nolan a lot i i like the idea of nolan winning an oscar i didn't dislike this movie i did not love this movie compared to his the rest of his oeuvre Dunkirk winning would be like when the King's speech beat social network. You know what I mean? Like it's like a tired, uh, uh, uh vote for like the, the same old I thing. Mean, what is Dunkirk? That, like his like sixth best movie. Maybe. I mean, like there's just, he's made better movies. That many. Yeah. 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 I think, but I, cause something I'm working on re- like recently, I've gotten the impression that a lot of people are just gravitating it because it's like, something old and historical it's, it's serious and yeah, yeah. It, it feels like a movie that would win an oscar sure yeah. if Conif- kenneth Branagh had like had to magically gain 40 pounds for his role as like a naval commander i guarantee you it would have won i couldn't tell who the fuck anyone was in that movie they all looked exactly the same i mean except for except for yeah. tom hardy you know like there's just like a bunch of like kind of uh average size british dudes with black hair like if you like pale white British brunettes, this is the movie for you. Um, it's like, oh, did, did the French guy just burned alive in oil? Maybe I don't know. Was that him? Is, did he die somewhere else? I don't know. Did he make it? I have no idea. I, for the longest time, I was like, which one is Harry Styles? Oh, he's the asshole. Mm. Um, yeah, right. Tom Hardy in, in Michael Caine. I could pick up his voice, but like Tom Hardy, it's just like. He's on my tail. I'm on his. Oh. Yeah. Um, so lead actor. I have uh, not seen Call Me By Your Name or Roman J. Israel Esquire. The trailer for that's fucking bizarre. It is. 
So basically, he sells out. Like he he. He's just like his client. I'm selling out for money. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm sure he's good in it. Um, I'm gonna uh, go with uh, Daniel Lewis here. Uh, I mean, he was fine. I I didn't feel like he was amazing or anything. I don't want to give it to Gary Oldman. I like Daniel Kaluuya, but like I don't know, it it wasn't like amazing or anything. So I, I seriously like I'm like. I'm looking at this list for lead actor. I'm like, there wasn't anyone else. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, the problem is, as we we talked about in our mini podcast, you're not getting a lot from the men of Hollywood. Yeah. There's so much versatility and interesting performances that are left un uncelebrated from like female actors. Um, Daniel Kaluuya, though, if you give him the Oscar. I could see it solely being for the uh, like the sunken place scene. I mean, I mean he's doing good work in it. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Like you think a lead actor, and you're thinking of like big scenery chewing moments and whatnot. I don't know if he necessarily has that, um, but yeah, I feel like I don't know. Maybe Daniel Day Lewis just by default because he's like doing Daniel Day Lewis things. I don't well, want to. Like, Gary Oldman was of... fine, but I, I just I, I don't know. I'm I'm sick of. I'm sick of those type of roles. They, they, they There's a lot of affectation roles. to the Dan Day Lewis character. And uh, how did the guy in the line put it? the thread in the thread? Mm-hmm. Um, and and PT Anderson does that thing now. It's like that kind of Soderbergh thing where like the camera will just stay on an actor. And it's like you know other stuff is happening in the scene. You know other actors are there. But he just he's just so locked into like this character alone gets the close up. I'm not even. Scene. I'm not even kidding when I say I'd rather give it to uh, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. I don't know. I don't know if that counts as a lead actor role, but like, I feel like he was more interesting than any of the performances here. Not that these I are bad honestly, performances, but I could honestly see Adam Driver picking up a supporting actor. I mean, I would have given him a nomination. Mm-hmm. I feel you there. Um, okay, so lead actress. I'm not. It's seeing... not going to be Meryl Streep. So I, hmm, this is tough. I know Francis I McDormand is like the favorite. Um, I've only seen trailers. I think, that. I, I think based on hype, I'm going to say she's going to get it. I think Saoirse is really good in Lady Bird. Um, I have seen Itani and Lady Bird, and those would be the two that I would focus on. I, 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 I think they're both really good, but in different ways. Um, I might give it to Sirsha. I don't know. I mean, I, I really like Margot Robbie and I, Tanya, Um, but yeah, I might give it to Sirsha. I mean, I've heard her real accent and it's entirely different from the, uh, the Sacramento Valley drawl that she's doing in Lady Bird. So basically this, this vote of yours is based on the fact that you got emotional when you were driving through Sacramento. I do not know. Okay. Um, so accent work, huh? I, She's got, a, she's got a thick Irish accent. Oh, she sure does. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a thumbs up accent. I like how you're giving it to her, even though you're just like, sorry, Sersha, I didn't feel you in uh, Hannah, but I felt you in Later Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to go with the hype on this one. I kind of feel like it's going to be Frances McDormand. Eh, she has an Oscar, but whatever. I, you know, ask me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I give it to Lady Bird. Okay. All right. Supporting actor. 
Willem Dafoe for the Florida Project. I for for some reason I thought that would have been for calling by your name, but I guess not. Um, Woody Harrelson. Or would that have been uh, uh what's his name? The uh man, I have not Lincoln seen guy. I have not seen any of these, so I don't fucking know. God, are these these are the best we can do? Let's let's can we agree? Can, can Christopher Plummer just shows up for like nine days of filming. Like, but can we give it to Christopher Plummer just as a big middle finger to Kevin Spacey? I mean, sure, but like th- that you could show up and like shoot some sides against a green screen or something, and that's like good enough to get a best supporting actor. And I'm like, there seriously, seriously wasn't anyone else. No. I don't know. I feel like uh, Adam Driver or or I don't know. What else is out this year? Somebody else, I feel like, got ripped off. I I hope Christopher Plummer wins. I I hope that he brings Brie Larson on stage with him, and their speech is just a middle finger at a picture of Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Um, supporting actress. So Mudbound. Okay, this is my curiosity. Mudbound was a Netflix movie, right? I had no idea. Okay. Um, I would give this to Laurie Metcalf. Lissy Manville. She was the sister in Phantom Thread, right? She was, yeah. I thought she was fine, but I wasn't blown away. I, as Allison Janney and I, Tanya, it's like a very noticeable performance, but I didn't feel like there's anything particularly masterful in it. I don't know. She's just like being a horrible person, basically. I would, I would definitely give this to Lori Metcalf. Yeah, I can't speak for Mary J. Blige, who I feel like is probably a better actor than Octavia Spencer, but I haven't seen Shape of Water, and I am, I will admit, I'm a little biased against Shape of Water because. I don't like Guillermo del Toro and that movie looks not interesting to me. And, um, I, I, I feel like I saw the whole trailer for that. Or I saw the whole movie in the trailer, mm-hmm. um, beginning, middle and end. He didn't see like the hand motion she makes for his fish dick, but you know, other than that, I've seen the IO nine article about the, the people who went out and made the dildo that they assume is the extrapolation of what the fish dick looks like. And it's, uh, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not like Eric Bana, dick pouch swimming across the ocean big but it's uh it's big mm-hmm. it's big it's um so yeah I'm, I'm gonna agree with you Laurie Metcalf I want Laurie Metcalf to win an Oscar right before this Roseanne like Rito uh shows up Billy Lewis's mother yes yes mm-hmm. um oh god what was the great line is that a disparaging remark about my sweet boy <laughs> All right, director. They should get her on. I have not seen season two. They should get her on Riverdale. Uh, they they Fuck should. They, Oscar. Should, they should get Riverdale. some writers for Riverdale. Uh, Is it still bad? It's just lazy. Would be the way I would describe the writing. Are you, are you still like watching it regularly? No, I I've like I'm like four episodes behind. I I saw like the latest one, but I missed a few in between. So. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Get real with me. Don't don't leave me astray. Okay. Please be straight with me. Should I watch that show? No. So season two, you're saying I should not watch that. It's just not worth it now. Okay. I um I wanted to listen to the Riverdale Register, but I found a podcast that I'm not going to listen to, but it has a great name, which is Dial M for Maple. Uh, that's was, the that's the AV Club. The AV one. Club. Don't don't yeah. listen to them. Re- listen to well, Riverdale I don't, I don't, Register. I don't trust AV Club. Don't get me wrong. Don't get don't get twisted. I just like that name. Um, but yeah, I, I thought about maybe I'll just like go to the podcast rather than the show. I feel like that that's probably the way to go. Just just 
Yeah, people did that for us, I know. Some some people who weren't into the last few PLL episodes, they just listened to the pod. I think that's the way to go. Just listen to the Riverdale Register. Right now, do you think we're going to do, if you had to guess, like a year from now, are we doing a perfectionist podcast? Uh, God, I don't know. I'd like to think that we're busy, but yeah. uh, who knows? Maybe we are. Wink. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so director. Uh, to me, this comes down to Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig. And I feel like I got to go with Jordan Peele here. I just, I feel like his like mastery of genre mm-hmm. is just like, not that, not that these other directors are bad, not that Greta Gerwig's bad, but I just feel like he was like at a higher level. Like he's like, he's using all of the tools on like multiple levels to like do what he's doing and get out. Mm-hmm. He, this is a word that I I've grown to hate because I've seen it used for, to describe like, like female actors performances almost disparagingly, but I'm going to say he made such a confident like directorial debut. Uh, like you said, he mastered that genre. Every choice is so painfully deliberate. I think that there's because because Get Out to me is very much how have I said it before like an Ira Levin, Rosemary's Baby type type movie, but like he knows what he's doing. Like the the tonal shifts for me that bothered me was all of the stuff where um, um, Daniel Kaluuya and and Brian Williams's daughter were, and then you get to like like Rod the TSA guys, which was like a different movie. But it's like it all worked. He knew what he was doing. Um, Lady Bird winning best director would be really interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go sticking with the kind of like best picture is always best director. I'm going to go. I'll, I'll agree with you. Either Jordan Peele or backing up my other uh, wishy washy choice, PTA. It's kind of crazy that Alternative Sanderson does not have a best director. But I don't know. I still feel like his best movie is Boogie Nights, personally. Oh, I would I would totally agree. Um, I would say Boogie Nights, and then uh, probably There Will Be Blood. Sure, that was the movie that, as much as I enjoyed Magnolia, and I really wanted to love Magnolia, um, There Will Be Blood was the movie that left me like emotionally shook afterwards. Hmm. Do we anyway. want to do any of these other categories? Um... Well. What what are we gonna say about I mean like cinematography or screenplay? Maybe I, I have no opinion on like animated feature or shit like that, you know. Yeah, uh, cinematography. I, I from the two that I've seen, I would yeah, actually seen give it to. I would actually give it to Blade Runner. I hmm. Hmm. so let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Solely because of. The, the exterior shots of uh, Las Vegas. I found that there were too many frames of that movie that were just like gray. Um, although looking at the rest of the nominees, I can't say I'd vote for any of them either. So maybe by default, I'd give it to Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as far as the rest of this goes. The documentary features, I'm looking at them and it's reminded me of all these movies I want to go watch. I have not seen about yet. Adapted screenplay. Um, I'd be fine with Logan there. Is this a safe space? Can I talk about some stuff here? Sure. I haven't seen Logan yet. Are you fucking kidding me? 
Can you believe that I own it on DVD when I have not seen it yet? You buy DVDs? I it's the last it's literally it's the last DVD I bought. I bought the one that gave me um okay, so here's the stupid reason I bought it. Mm. I walked past the, the, the kiosk at Target and it was mm-hmm. like also has Logan Noir and I was like, fuck yeah. Is it at least like Blu-ray? I think it's DVD Blu-ray combo. Okay. Yeah. You still haven't it's watched that movie. Are you serious? Would I be funning you? Wildcat. Hmm. This whole podcast is you judging me harshly. Would I just, would, am I giving you material? No, I haven't seen this I feel this like you yet. act like you don't judge as well. Oh, I judge you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do most of it in private, but some of it I do in public. Come on. That, that's, our, that's our thing here, right? It's part of the podcast, yeah. I've had some whiskey. Um, disaster artists, not so much. I just feel like that movie is pretty fucking overrated like i don't know maybe maybe i'd read too many like reviews where they're talking about like oscar for that movie and i went to see the movie and i was just like that's it like it i don't know it was it was enjoyable but i was like it's 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 more of it reminded me reminded me of the la that i know of from podcasts Mm. where everyone is like like it's like so incestuous it's a bunch of comedians like trying to prop each other up and it's all it's like it's like selling me a shitty bill of goods that's the impression i got from Origi- that movie original screenplay i feel like this might be where i go well, ladybird over on. get out hold on have mm-hmm. you seen molly's game no there were several times where i could have seen it and i just didn't the trailer looked really bad for me and i am the guy who i know you for, for very personal reasons will disagree with me mm-hmm. i really enjoyed steve jobs um on a script level, a little bit of the Danny Boyle thing. I'm kind of trepidatious about this rumor that Danny Boyle might get the next Bond movie. I think that's kind of a mistake. Yeah, um, I preferred him to some other people. I don't know. Over Nolan? <sighs> that I don't know. Hmm. I think, but Nolan's I think not Nolan, doing it, so, you know. No, he's not. He's, he's expressly stated that. But Nolan doing a Bond movie that is not his first draft would have been really interesting, especially in the Daniel Craig era. Boyle, I I don't know. But I, um, I generally like Daniel or Danny Boyle. Um he's he's, oh, he's like the rich man's uh you know so Richie. I, I guess well for sure. But like mm-hmm. editing wise, Danny Boyle is still a little playful, but he's got some beautiful visuals. Like it's not like trance was a mess of a movie, but there's some absolutely gorgeous like shots of that movie too. Um, Molly's game, you know, I generally like Aaron Sorkin, but that trailer really like turned me away as hard as it could. From some of the reviews I've read, it's like, Hey, it would have been cool if like somebody else directed this movie with that. Yeah. Script. And I get that. But also once you read some of the Sony hack stuff about how it's hard to get that out of your mind. Yeah. He and, was so desperate to make this movie because he was dating the titular Molly. Exactly. The real Molly. Yeah. It's like trying to get her daughter into like a private school. It's like, I don't know if I could put that out of my mind while watching the movie. Yeah. Anyways. So back to original screenplay. Um, I'm kind of embarrassed to say I have not seen the big sick yet. I, I really Neither wish I, I. Um, it's on Amazon prime, everybody. Um, there's a part of me that doesn't want to watch it just cause like, I don't know, like it just seems kind of depressing. Well, the you thing know, that like, gets me about like, it is, like cancer is like, that's not fun. I know it's based on the real, somewhat of the real story that happened with Emily Gordon. And yeah. Camilla yeah. And John, 
but like it's also i feel like because she ends up in like a coma right it's like it becomes no it becomes like a Camilla johnny like starring role which i guess is the story because he's conscious and he's dealing with her parents and all this stuff but like it seems very weird to me um i don't know um so yeah i guess i would agree with you lady bird is what i want if you're going to give best picture best director to jordan peele i hope you would at least give script to lady bird to greta gerwig because i think her script is very interesting well i feel like that's Um, usually what you do with the screenplay awards is like you find that movie that's like it's a really good movie but maybe isn't like quite the cream of the crop you know but like there there are interesting things about it and so that's that's usually what gets the screenplay award it's something like lost in translation you know yeah yeah um, I'm skipping down to sound editing, which is, I don't think we need to do the technical awards, which is just hilarious to me. Cause okay. So you can do this better than I can explain to our listeners what the difference between sound editing and sound mixing would be. Um, Ooh, sound editing. I think has, where you shine. Yeah. Not that I really know what I'm talking about, but, Sound mixing ha- has to do more with the um, the mix. No, I have no idea. I don't know. I've had a couple beers. I, I think have sound you? editing has more to do with... I, one of these is more about the sound effects. I'm just not sure which one. Let me put it that way. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not fucking Dunkirk. That's for goddamn sure. No. I was really bummed when I did see Dunkirk. I got to tell you, because I think I, I talked to you. We were... We were doing some podcast at your place and I was leaving and I was like, oh, BT dubs, I, I'm going to go see Dunkirk. I'm going to go watch Dunkirk at home after this. And you just gave me this look like, I'll be here for you when you're done. I, I feel bad. You, you think it's going to be great, but it's not. There's like a mournful, unspoken look to you. It was nuanced. I'd probably give these both to Star Wars just because. Yeah, I would give it, especially whatever special effects is the Star Wars. I would give it to Star Wars solely for the the sound we hear on screen after Admiral Hodo drives yeah. her ship into the fleet. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that's alive. a sound mixing or wait, no, let me look at the credits. I think that's a sound editing thing. I think it's like okay. Matthew Wood is in charge of that. I believe Ben Bird is still out there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's retired or something. Matthew I, Wood is like his protege. I know that. Is Matthew Wood the voice of Grievous? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, what do you think about production design? Um, hmm, I feel like this award always goes to like some fancy old movie. Uh, what is that movie here? Mm, mm, mm. I mean, well, it, like, to me, hey, it's it's between Blade Runner and Beauty and the Beast. Just looking at this, um, I was gonna say, what is the production design of Dunkirk? Yeah, they picked a beach. They picked out some uniforms. They went and got a bunch of old Spitfires. Tell me what their what the production design. I feel like somebody got screwed in this category. I don't know who, but yeah, I um, would probably give it to Blade Runner. I guess because just because there's more. I feel like there's more creativity involved in inventing things like whole cloth as opposed mm-hmm. to Beauty and the Beast, where they're just like we're just going to do this era or whatever, you know, right. And her dress I, was cool and all, but you know, again, Vegas, just the, 
the Vegas stuff in, in Blade Runner, I feel like, is the best part of that, visually of that movie, the exterior Vegas stuff. Um, okay, score. I think we're going to be agreed here. It's not John Dunkirk, Williams. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The only thing with John Williams is like most of that, most of his work is like he's he's done it before. Right. Um, I I know some people like love Johnny Greenwood. Every time I see a movie with Johnny Greenwood doing the score, I'm like, it was fine, but like it doesn't stand out to me personally. Yeah, I I I'll grieve you in the sense that I'll I'm the guy that's like I'll 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 walk out of a movie and if something about the score itself screamed out to me, or if like certain scenes were super effective to me and I and I ponder like why what what worked what element was so dominant you know if, if i think it's a score i'm the guy who goes and downloads the soundtrack i did or not, if it's just i did not download the soundtrack to dunkirk or phantom thread let me put it that way right so i've tried to do that with previous pta movies and i would say that the last uh, uh johnny greenwood from radiohead slash pta joint that i really dug as far as their their union was probably there will be blood um the score for the master I thought was kind of, um, and same thing for phantom thread. I mean, it was very much of the times like some piano music. Uh, Yeah. And, Um, the the Dunkirk is entirely Hans Zimmer doing what's it called? The, uh, the shepherd tone. I feel like that's like his worst score in several years. It's, it's the shepherd tone and it's the ticking clock, which apparently is Nolan's own ticking like pocket watch. And it's just, it's the third act. The problem with Dunkirk, it's the third act from any Nolan movie. But it's an hour and a half or an hour and 40 something minutes. Um, that's why, again, ask me tomorrow about three billboards. I'm, I'm, although I don't like Carter Burwell in general. I'm going to go John Williams. Yeah, just by default. Um, what? Okay. Uh, this Sorry, this whole podcast is a mess of tangents. It's a runaway, tan- runaway train of tangents. Mm-hmm. Alexander Desplat, what is your general vibe with this guy? Is he not like the uh, fancied up... Uh, uh, what's the guy who did the Simpsons theme? That guy. The guy who did the Batman score? Um, Danny... Danny Elfman? Danny um, Elfman. No, I feel like he's a little more like minor key than Elfman is. Um because he did like the last two Harry Potters, right? It's some of them. Yeah, I don't know which ones. He was supposed to do Rogue One, and then he got fired or something. Um, oh, uh, for uh, the guy that J.J. Uh, Abrams always used? Yeah, for Giacchino. Um, I would probably have given score to like a Logan. I'm not sure why I wasn't nominated. But um, hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I haven't seen two of those movies that are nominated, so... I suppose I could just go with John Williams by default, but you know, if they wanted to give it to someone else, that's cool. I guess mm. I feel like there's probably somebody better out there that wasn't nominated. It's my feeling. So the last one on this Friday list, I don't think we need to necessarily go into it, but I definitely, this is like one I'm going to purposely like keep an eye on the technical awards is the visual effects. I'm very curious where that's going to go. Uh, let me see visual effects. Not Guardians of the Galaxy, not Kong. I mean, I feel like it's kind of like pick your taste between like Blade Runner, Star Wars, or Planet of the Apes. Um, I didn't see War for the Planet of the Apes. It looked boring. I guess if you're really Who's, impressed with motion capture, that's where you go. Who was going to these War of the Planet of the Apes movies? I don't know. I watched. 
I tried to like watch is it Dawn or Rise or whatever the second one was. I tried to watch that mm-hmm. over the the last like summer or something, and it's I don't know. It's so technically competent and boring. That's the the one at the Zero Dark Thirty, bro. Yeah. Okay. I just I just I don't know. I find that whole franchise like it's like you're hitting all the appropriate beats and doing it competently, but I'm completely uninterested. Well, there's a there's a genre of movie where we're taking a beloved, well-known franchise. And granted, the Planet of the Apes movies were a mess after the first movie anyway. But like we're taking a beloved genre of movies and we're like soft rebooting it and then somehow that's becoming its own movie series. I would hate to toil in that industry. Yeah, I know. Because like it's like who the fuck am I making these movies for? Yeah, honestly. exactly. I don't know. I um I don't know, Blade Runner stars. I mean hmm I would probably give it to Star Wars to be honest. Um Blade Runner is fine i don't know like did i give art direction blade runner maybe i did i don't know i feel like blade runner is more visually interesting but the actual effects maybe better in star wars i don't know that's tough Mm. they can share it yeah they can share it i like that anyway i think i think that's all we need to discuss we're going to go into like costume design and hair and makeup but yeah, I think I think we've we've hit the uh, the appropriate points, right? Probably give Beauty and Beast costume design, sure. But yeah, um, those are our personal Oscar picks. I'm sure a bunch of boring shit will win, but yeah. I mean, what's the question? Do you watch it this year? Do you watch? It I like haven't five? watched it in the past several years, to be honest. Okay. Um, like the whole crazy Moonlight thing last year, I didn't see that. I just like saw it on Twitter. Yeah. I just can't believe that one of these five actors is going to win an Oscar for lead actor. This is such a bleak category. Yeah. I, you know what though? I still am shocked that Colin Firth has an Oscar. I really am. Cause that was one of those things too, where I saw, I saw the King's speech like after he got the Oscar and I was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. All right. Well, um, I think we're done. Yeah. Oh, we're done. Can't play. We should do Logan next. You haven't fucking seen Logan. Is that what you're feeling? I mean, if you haven't seen it, is that what your heart is telling you? Yes. What does your heart tell you? Okay, is Logan, it, it is. Mm. All right, so we're gonna do Logan next time. Yeah, get on with the people. The the normal version, not like the weird black and white version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is. Okay, I'll save it for the movie. I have questions, but okay, they're not important. Um, I, I'm assuming I, I, I don't can't imagine. I haven't seen the third first class movie. I, I assume just to be safe, there's nothing I need to know from that movie, right? No. Okay, good. Okay. He's in that briefly because he's in all of those movies briefly, but oh no, it's dumb. You don't, you don't need to know anything about that. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we'll do Logan next time. Until then, have a good one. Peace.